0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.
1: Radio. Well, while we're still grappling with COVID 19, one Irish company, Alto Bio Reagents, is already looking at the next wave of emerging human viruses and, more importantly, how they can be treated. The innovative approach adopted by this business was critical to Alto Bio Reagents, being crowned the overall business of the year at the recent Small Firms Association Awards, and Philip Noon joins us now to discuss this exciting business in more detail. Philip, we'll be discussing Alto Bio Reagent success at the Small Firms Association Awards, but first, provide us with an insight into your own background.
0: Morning, Carl. I've been involved in the diagnostics business for quite a number of years now at this stage, probably... Too many for me to, to, to go into great detail on in terms of the years in the industry so far. But I guess my experience spans about uh, three different companies at this stage. An Irish startup called Biotrin, which was formed back in the 90s. A fresh startup looking at new emerging diseases at that stage. The the main disease we're looking at there was Parvovirus B19. Then went on to um, head up uh, an IVD division for Quest Diagnostics, which would be one of the larger U.S., Diagnostic companies and that business went from sort of one laboratory testing samples in the States to 32 laboratories throughout the US and then came back uh, on the European front and um, took over Alto Bio in 2014, 2015 and really tried to pivot the company to look at emerging diseases and emerging infectious diseases, which is an area kind of specialized in throughout my three companies that have worked in so far.
1: So, Philip, provide us with an insight into the work that Alto Bio Reagents does today.
0: So, we we have a, probably about 300 products in our portfolio at this stage. The way I would sort of analogise it would be if you, you know, we're almost like the engine builder for Mercedes in a diagnostic sense in that we build uh, critical raw materials for diagnostic tests for our companies, you know, in Ireland, in the U.S., and, you know, in Europe, it's greater Europe as well. So we would build, if you, to, to, to you know, to, to help help your listeners better understand it, I mean, antigen tests, if you go to your local pharmacy you buy an antigen test, uh, the chances are one of our antigens or antibodies that we make would be in that test, which would be diagnosing whatever the disease is. And on the flip side of that, we also uh, made critical raw materials for the HSE during the pandemic uh, to help them out with uh, their PCR testing in in a lot of the hospitals over here when they couldn't get their hands on the materials. So we built a a diagnostic raw material for them from scratch. Uh, It took us about four weeks to build it. Normally it would take you about 18 months to build something like that, but we built it from scratch uh, due to the requirement of the hospitals. And um, again, we continue to innovate and try and build the raw materials of the future that are required for future diagnostic tests.
1: And apart from the HSE then, Philip, who is a typical client for your business? So
0: typical client, we're we're normally, I mean, HSE was an unusual example for us because we normally work B2B. So we work with all the large diagnostic companies in Europe and in the US where they come to us and say, you know, we want to build a new diagnostic test for X disease, whatever that disease is whether it's West Nile or HSV virus, we'll go go off and and build that raw material supplied into them and then they build their their diagnostic test, which goes into most laboratories, um, hospital laboratories in Europe and or in the US.
1: So in a nutshell, both the Zika virus and of course COVID-19 created massive opportunities for growing your own business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Zika virus was kind of a learning curve for us. that was, you know, in the outbreak in 2015, 2016, we built a, an antibody, a monoclonal antibody for eta, which was, you know, it was, we launched just prior to the outbreak in um, in Brazil when when the virus really took off in terms of its spread down in, down in Brazil. Um, we launched it in November of, uh, just prior to that outbreak, which happened in January. Um, and we kind of went with, you know, we were we probably would have been dealing with a handful of diagnostic companies at that stage to dealing with about 300 companies um, in the space of a matter of months because such was the demand for that material to, to try and build diagnostic tests. And then similarly with, um, with the uh, COVID-19, the SARS um, antibody that we built, we've had, we've had a lot of um, the bigger diagnostic companies and vaccine development companies that use our material to build tests for it.
1: With growth comes challenges like growing pains. So, how did you manage those in relation to both Zika and COVID?
0: So, we were yeah, we were we were hiring uh, throughout the pandemic, which was a little bit challenging. But I'm sure all companies had a challenge there in terms of people, you know, working from home. And you know, we're a products company, so obviously you've got to be able to turn around the products on the ground. So, yeah, yeah we were we were able to hire a little bit differently. And we normally would. There was a lot more online um, interviewing as opposed to face-to-face stuff. But yeah, we've you know we've been growing at speed, um, and we're adding new personnel all the time. So we've kind of diversified a bit and tried to go into the community to try and advertise roles within our you know local sports clubs, et cetera, to try and get the right personnel on board to help us as we grow.
1: The company recently won the overall business of the year at the Small Firms Association. The judges said that they were really impressed with the growth that your business had experienced in recent years. Provide us with an insight into that.
0: Yes, we were delighted to take the overall prize at the at the SFA, but I think anybody, any company that attends that or gets into the final from the hundreds of companies that enter is, um, you know, is a winner in my book. I mean, anybody that's building their own business, whether it's over here or, Anywhere around the globe um, deserves commendation for doing it, um, and it's look—it's not getting any easier to build businesses anywhere. But in terms of our growth, um, we've probably since 2014, 2015, we've doubled almost treble our growth now, um, and we're growing at an average rate of about 30 to 40 percent per annum at this stage.
1: One other point that really impressed the judges at the awards as well, regarding your own business, was your level of innovation. Provide us with an insight into that because it's quite fascinating.
0: Yeah, so you know, I think a lot of the companies involved in this space, in the life science space, work on a on a kind of a, um, a reactive basis to diseases. So that's you know, looking at the diseases as they land um, in different shores, and then trying to develop the the test. Um, as the as the disease lands in whatever continent it is, what we've t- done is tried to take a different approach and try to look at those diseases that are going to land, you know, in future continents, and try to develop out the portfolio of products uh, and materials which will be required to diagnose the diseases of the future. So there's probably about five hundred thousand viruses that can jump from animal to human. Sorry, ZOV being one of them, Zika being another one. You now You would have had West Nile virus in the 90s would have been another one. What we've tried to do is data mine that information using um, artificial intelligence and look at some of those diseases that are going to jump across from animal to human in the next five to 10 years. And we think we have that down to a, a new disease library of about 15 targets, which we're developing at the moment. So rather than being reactive, we're trying to proactively build a, a diagnostic solution to the future for future diseases.
1: So, how have you managed to bring five hundred thousand potential diseases down to ten or fifteen?
0: <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of very smart scientists that are very good at maths. Um, you know, to try and break down the numbers, but but also, you know, we have uh, we've worked, but yeah, attending quite a lot of the WHO workshops. Um, WHO published quite a lot of data around disease, disease movement, disease areas, and particularly what we look at is uh, we're looking at the likes of Zika and West Nile and these diseases that are mosquito-borne. We kind of travel, look at the insect as well, the travel of the insect. Um, As that mosquito travels around the globe, as we get warmer climates, we tend to see more of these diseases. So we've seen West Nile appearing in France, we've seen it in Portugal, we've seen it in Spain, whereas originally... Ten years ago, and, and further out, you would have seen it only in the, the tropics. So it is starting to move across. So we do look at we do look at the uh, the raise the rising in temperature, um, and the movement of these insects to look at some of these future diseases.
1: And what, in your opinion, are the chances of a further pandemic being created by these new diseases that are emerging?
0: I don't know if we would get a pandemic, as such to, to the level of what we've seen, because you know this. Respiratory virus hit us it's so unaware. Um, you know, from a diagnostic point of view and from a vaccine point of view, I think um, it's the chances are we'll, we will definitely see another virus moving across. But but it, I don't think it will have the same sort of impact um, as what we've seen with SARS CoV two.
1: And many will say that the spread of these diseases globally is brought about by the increased level of travelling across the world today. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I definitely believe there's there's some truth in that. Um, I mean if we take SARS as an example, I mean the first outbreak in 2003-2004 in Korea, um, it stayed very much in the in the Asian region, so it stayed in, you know, Korea, Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, parts of China, didn't really travel across here. But if we if we move, you know, 15-17 years across, you know, time time looking at timing-wise, um, you know, 17 years later, there's so much more airline travel. There's so many more, you know, budget airlines, both in Asia and over here, where people can travel, huge amounts of people can travel. So, like with SARS, it was very hard to maintain that um, virus in the pockets of the areas where they first saw it in, in Asia, um, where where you know, prior to that, it was, was possible to localise it and, and lock it down and keep it localised. We certainly saw with this one the way it can travel very quickly because um, it's huge, huge amounts of travel globally now.
1: And with regard to that disease library of 10 or 15 different viruses that you're expecting to travel from animal to human, are you also working with vaccine companies in relation to them?
0: Yeah, we are. So we, we work with, we're working with some of the big names in in the um, mRNA vaccine area but also in traditional vaccine areas. So so when we build the raw materials you know, this two uses for the materials. One is to put them into a diagnostic test to be used in hospitals or emergency departments to look at um, patients coming through the front door to test them and give a result within 15 minutes. And then the second use would be in vaccine development companies where they test um, patients um, that, are, that are getting the vaccine or have been given the vaccine in the test phase to look at its uh, reaction. Um, and then the third area would be you know, once somebody does receive the vaccine is to look at antibody response so you would use some of our antibodies to look at the response rate to the vaccine so um yeah we are working with quite a number of vaccine companies you know, i'm not sure if people are aware of this you know you used to have four or five really big vaccine companies that kind of dominated the space now you've got 186 vaccine companies that have spun up all over the place um particularly along SARS-CoV uh, to try and develop vaccines there and, and that should um, be a good thing down the road as it, it'll, it'll make vaccines much more widely available to everybody from a lot, a lot bigger basis companies
1: And Philip, we mentioned earlier that your company Alto Bio Reagents recently won the overall business of the year at the SFA Awards What motivated you to enter the awards and what did this award win mean to both yourself and the extended team in the company?
0: we felt you know for the last two years we've kind of been locked in a bubble uh, developing diagnostic tests with um with a lot of other businesses unfortunately weren't you know d- didn't have their doors open because we're a product business and we're in the health space you know it was um it was pretty flat out in terms of uh, building products getting them out the door um and uh, you know we we did want to go we entered the uh, SFA Awards primarily for, from the point of view of the innovation, just to share some of the innovation that we've built around SARS. So, we were delighted to get rewarded for, um, or recognized at least for for our innovation around some of the materials we've built. But, we we're absolutely surprised and delighted to win the overall because we never expected that. So, it was wonderful for the team. It's a team effort. I mean, we've, um, you know, we have a team that punch above their weight every day in here and, um, you know, I was delighted for all of them.
1: And if there's anyone listening to this morning's show that's interested in developing their own life sciences business, what advice would you have for them?
0: I've been such a long time in life science. Look, it's a pretty exciting area uh, to get involved in, um, and we're, we're trying to hire from the you know right up and down the the, the up and down the, the, the whole island. And such so we've, as I mentioned earlier, we're 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 trying to work with communities clubs to try and find those scientists of the future that can come in here and help us look at viruses. Um, I think I think the key is if you have an idea um, you know whether it's science-based or not or you have a solution you know don't be afraid to go out there and you know get the funding you know go to Enterprise Ireland talk to Enterprise Ireland get your idea you know get your business plan written up get your initial funding from Enterprise Ireland and and I think there's lots of um, science-based companies up and down the country um, that are that are willing to support new entrepreneurs coming out with new technology. So I would say, get your idea, build your business plan, and you know, don't be afraid to go out there and get in funding. There's always. I think we're a, we're a pretty innovative bunch over here in Ireland. We're always looking at new ways to solve problems, both in life science and every other way.
1: And Philip, finally, the company has achieved phenomenal success in recent years, achieving over 30% growth year on year. So as we look over the next three to five years, what does that horizon look like for the business?
0: Yeah, we have we've some pretty exciting stuff in the pipeline. I mean, we've, we've very much focused on infectious diseases and emerging infectious diseases. We're now moving into uh, foodborne pathogens. So we're looking at foodborne diseases like uh, celiac disease, Trying to uh, earlier diagnose celiac disease, we're also looking at uh, neuro diseases. So we're looking at things like, um, you know, uh, traumatic brain injury, concussion, uh, and trying to uh, faster diagnose those with better diagnostic tests for materials that we're building. So, so we're not we're not sitting tight on our innovation. We're trying to expand further out and expand our wings further out into other areas outside of infectious disease, like neuro like
1: a Well if you've just tuned in that was Philip Noon from Alto Bio Reagents and we will certainly be keeping an eye on this innovative business
0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick